0: to the Good Share Podcast with Ryan and Ice. I'm Ryan. And I'm Ice. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I like running the intro fresh every time. Yeah. I mean, a, I, I I get your idea. Like, I think we should still it.
1: have some, some music that comes on, you know, at oh, the top of sure. episode like, and the episode. Oh, for sure.
0: Well, didn't you hear it? We had a bed just then.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it boogity? Are we going to use that?
0: We could use boogity. Oh, we I, he- use...
1: I hear that puppy.
0: I know. I've got my puppy here. So I'm going to be uh, kind of keeping an eye on her. Come here, Ellie. <laughs> it's kind of close to your uh, daughter's name. Yeah, I was kinda. just
1: going to say my daughter's going to
0: come running in. <laughs> <clears throat> no, but I like doing a fresh intro every time. Yeah, it's that, that's There's just something cool. about that. That's fine. Come here, Ellie. You want some screen time, Ellie? Oh, she's laying down. Perfect. That's fine. Yeah, that's great. Yep. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, so what, what, what are we going to get into today? Well, I figured, you know, since this is like the official kind of first
1: episode, maybe we should talk about, uh, how we know each other, why we wanted to do this, how long we've been friends, you know, how we met all that kind of good stuff. What all the things we've done together. Reminisce. Yeah. Maybe give people a feel for, uh, our personalities and
0: and, yeah. I mean, even some people that even know who we are, exactly. uh, it would they, be kind of. Maybe I'm sure surprising. they don't know all the stories. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm thinking of a few right now.
0: <laughs> so yeah, you and I, we 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 go back uh, several years. Uh, I'm 40 now. You're 37.
1: 37, man. We've known each other for almost 20 years. Which oh my that, god, that
0: really kills me when I think about it. That makes no sense. Like it doesn't compute. No. So uh when we first met the very first time we uh, I had seen you I believe I saw you before you saw me maybe. Yeah, I was Because think- I heard you Yeah. Drums.
1: I was thinking about this story this morning on the treadmill actually and I was laughing about it. <laughs> um Yeah, man, I uh I well, let's see. So, okay, here's here's how that whole thing went down. I'll, I'll try and do it quick. Okay. I was in a band with a couple of buddies from high school and we auditioned. I don't know if we can say the, uh, the, the company <laughs> name, I guess it's not. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they're out of business
0: now. So right. what going to okay, do? Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: So we auditioned for the entertainment department of, uh, Longer Burger Long- Basket. yeah. Baskets to, to play at the Homestead.
0: And here's a giant basket. Uh, this is the giant basket is located in Newark, Ohio. Right on the screen right now.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, do they still use that? Is the whole company gone or is it just they like really got? Uh,
0: I'm pretty sure the whole company was dissolved. Dang, um, man. Along with my retirement from that company, which. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. Cool. A whole Another thing. So. Well, uh, at least the, they
1: still got horses
0: but they're doing memes of the basket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the horses are gone. Um so they're still they're doing memes of that ba- of that basket. Uh, are they really? Oh yeah, uh, right here's one of them.
1: <laughs> That's good. I like that. I yeah. didn't know those yeah. existed. Um
0: Yeah, yeah, it, I don't know if it may just be regional here though. Right. You know? Probably.
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny when right. you move out of like that like three or four state <laughs> area, people are like what is longbird. Anyway. Right. So me and these, and these couple buddies that were in a band, we auditioned for the entertainment department of that. And, uh, he, who will not be mentioned (laughs) recommended, like we ended up getting hired to work there, but he also was like, Oh, well he somehow was involved with this battle of the bands in our hometown, which is Cushocton, Ohio. Yep. They were doing some battle of the bands. It was like the end of may or the beginning of June, really kind of right there at the end of the school year. And, uh, he was like, well, you guys are like really good. You should be on this. I don't remember. Maybe it wasn't like a true battle of the bands. Maybe it was just like a, Hey, here's a bunch of local bands playing. So anyway, we show up and as we're doing the, the switch over on stage, I hear a Bruce Hornsby song. I think it was spider fingers. It was. Funny. Which I had just discovered Bruce Hornsby like maybe a year before that. And he instantly became and still is my favorite artist of all time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, of all the artists you ever talk about, that's one of them. You said <clears throat> if you ever had the opportunity to play oh. music with that guy, that would be the, that would be that.
1: I would never be able to hang with him, but it would be amazing. I would love to. <laughs> I would love to lose that gig <laughs> one time. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to show up and just fail on that gay horribly. It would be so much fun. But uh so I kind of remember like I was like, you know, putting symbols up or, or or something. And I just heard it and I kind of stood up and I just said out loud, not to anybody in particular, but I just said out loud like, is this Bruce Hornsby? <laughs> I mean, I knew it was, but it it was like such a shock to me because up to that point, I mean, you know, and not everybody that's listening knows, but like Coshocton was a very small town. It was a very like culturally limited uh, area, to, to yes. put it nicely. Yes. So I hadn't run in to anyone else who really knew who Bruce Hornsby was. Right. I mean, everyone knows his like one hit, you know, from 86. Yeah. Uh, but. But as far as like really knowing his catalog and like digging deeper into him as an artist, like I hadn't met anyone that like knew who he was. So I just kind of said it out loud as like an amazement of of all the music that could be playing right now. It's Bruce Hornsby. So I said it out loud. And you who I didn't know at the time you were like up on stage, you know, rerouting cables or whatever. And you were like, yeah, man. And I, that was like, like, yeah, like, like, of course. Yeah. And that was Where it. What else
0: would I be playing? I think,
1: I think that's all, all we said to each other. Yeah. And I, oh, the other funny thing is I remember that at that gig, you know, we didn't know what to expect. So we brought all our gear. Right. So I got there and I started pulling my drums to like behind the stage, but it was just a, like a flatbed trailer. But, and I think it was your dad. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, "Hey, hey, you know, you don't need to bring." I didn't. We, I didn't realize that like you know, backline was provided, which means like drums and amps and things were like there to make changeover quicker and easier,
0: right? right.
1: So I was like, "Oh, okay." So anyway, we play and we played uh, a bunch of originals that the singer and guitar player had written, which were very like uh, of the time. They were like angsty teenage rock, rock songs.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember hearing the band. I only heard the band before us, but they were a, I'm pretty sure they were just like a bunch of middle-aged guys playing country music And I remember we were all thinking like, well, this is, it's going to be a lot different for people out there. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and we were just like, you know, I was beating the crap out of the drums. I mean, it was rock music and it was a three piece. So that's what I yeah. was doing. And I didn't think anything of it. Like, just played how I played. And afterwards, you and your brother Tim, producer Tim, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys came up to me and you were just like, "Oh man, that was great!" Like, do you want to you want to play with us sometime? And I ha- I was like, "What? I don't know. Who, I don't know who you are." Like, right. I didn't even. I don't think I'd even put it together that like. Oh, it was his drum kit that I was playing, and you were the sound guy. Like, I just thought you were these, like, random people. But I think I gave you my phone number, maybe?
0: Yeah, yeah. And then we were shocked to find out that you lived in Coshocton. Right, right. Just blown away, because that was only—I mean, we lived just outside of Coshocton. Yeah. I mean, still Coshocton County. Yeah, we were still in Coshocton County. But we were literally 12 minutes away from your house. Yeah. Our house to your house.
1: Yeah. And, and
0: uh, you guys- it blew us away that you were that close. And, and not only that, but that you were as good as you as you were at the time. Because, like, there was no one else in the area that played even remotely close to the level you were playing at.
1: Well, yeah. When I, yes. To not be like egotistical but yeah like it's it's a small town so you would think anyone who anyone who's playing at a uh like a certain level you would think would be aware of the other people playing at that same level because there's not that many of them
0: yeah right
1: but yeah i had no idea who you guys were you had no idea who i was but i think i gave you my number and we only got to play once that summer, we I, you invited me out to your studio, oh, which really? I, which I was like, "Holy crap! Like these guys have a studio." Like, I mean, at the time, it was the most legit studio I had been in. <laughs> yeah, and we just we just rehearsed. It was you and Tim and Mitch and I. Actually, don't think. Oh, I'm blanking on.
0: Was it Joe Joe wasn't there?
1: I don't think Joe could make it. It was just you and Timmy and Mitch, and we we just set up in the like the bigger room of your studio and you guys called a whole bunch of songs that i didn't know (laughs) but but we we just jammed and then i went to college man so i guess i mean we played once that summer just for fun and then when i came home for christmas break you had that gig at riverview high school
0: and that's the first time that's that's the first time we really played a gig together that's right that's right uh, and it was uh Mitch, you, me, Tim. It wasn't
1: Mitch. It was Jeff. Oh. Because remember you were like, oh, Yeah, Mitch can't right. do it. Do you know a bass player?
0: That's right. It was Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, you, me, Joe Sarah. Yes. Yeah, I never I've never
1: played a gig with Mitch. That that one jam was the only time I've ever played with Mitch. Oh, I'll be
0: darn, that's crazy. It's the
1: only time I've ever met him.
0: You know what's really interesting though? If you look at that collective group, right? Yeah. Uh, with the exception of Mitch, and I love Mitch, but Mitch also made his own decisions. But everyone else in the group wound up like having some sub- above local level of success. Level of success, yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah. Now, Mitch may have done something else that, ha- that was different that I don't know anything about. Sure. Um, you know what? But, I
1: mean, maybe that wasn't his goal. Like, I'm not
0: absolutely. And I, I, I totally his his <clears throat> his growing up in inner city Columbus the way he did with his family was totally different than anything that I had gone through. So his uh, priorities could very well have been way different than right. any of ours. Um, and opportunities, right? Opportunities are a whole, a whole other thing yeah. uh, that 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 uh, has a lot to do with it. But luck is a big one. Um, but yeah, that's what's really interesting is the group that were even even if you want to throw Danielle in there. Not that I necessarily yeah, which so that
1: was before my time. But was, I I always laugh when people down here talk about her. I'm like, oh yeah, she's from my hometown. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. There's a lot there's a lot of people in the area that we've had connections with that have yeah. it's just been weird. Uh it's not like any of them are superstars or anything like that. Sure. But they have had uh, yeah. a de- decent low level of su- of success. Tim has had like songs on hold with some really uh with superstars. Yeah. Um he's had some cuts uh with some other independents. <clears throat> you you've played well, plus he's put out all his own records yeah tim's put out yeah. several of his own records uh which are all very very good he's a very good and uh talented writer but a, a, an extremely uh good singer yeah um and then you you've played with eric pasley uh was i think your first uh like like that level quote of unquote
1: like real artist gig yes yeah. yeah
0: that had a sign i forget which label he was with at the time
1: i mean it's all the same it's all <laughs> universal
0: right so uh and then you're off him then you play for david nail yeah uh, but then you toured with many other people besides those just those two
1: yeah i mean that, I, i've done a tour with uh francesca battistelli who's like a big film yeah, right. artist i played a record release show for Cassidy Pope back in, was that
0: 2019? Oh I, yeah. I, I, I just, really just that do. one
1: gig, uh, I mm-hmm. played with blackjack, Billy, Rob Blackledge, yep. Rob she- Shelley Fairchild. I guess we'll throw Chris Weaver in the mix. So yeah, pe- might as well. I'm always got... surprised when I say that name out, you know, in like Idaho he... and someone's like, Oh, I know the Chris Weaver band.
0: Well, the dude blew <laughs> up like, uh, in, uh, um, south america right or yeah
1: yeah In brazil maybe
0: yeah it, like just it's, yeah,
1: i i don't i have I, that was long after i left but i don't understand that but yeah so
0: <laughs> so you have that and then you have joe eric who played uh for i don't remember who he played for before yeah but i know he wound up uh with uh jake owen
1: jake owen that's right i couldn't remember who he was with because i, I believe... i'd run into him a couple times on the road never said anything because i could tell he didn't recognize who i was
0: but right 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 <laughs> Well, you guys only played like a couple, a few gigs, together, yeah, full of yeah. gigs together, and it was at that point it had been uh, like uh, 15 years ago.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So you know, and, and considering the amount of weight you may have lost, if you did see him around that time, I'm not sure. I think but...
1: I think I've seen him once since I lost the weight, and I think I ran into him twice pre 2017. Yeah, I mean before but, yeah. that, if
0: if if I would have ran into you, uh, which <clears throat> you know, I moved out of Nashville you wound up losing a crazy amount of weight that <laughs> I saw you again. And I just, my, I like, I had to relearn what you looked like. It was right. insane. Right. Um, and then you had, uh, uh Danielle Peck, which had a label yeah. deal for a little while. And I think she's doing something with like jewelry or really,
1: you know, what's funny is we were supposed to play back in November of last year. Obviously it didn't happen, but we were, we were originally supposed to play like a country cruise, Oh, really? And she was on it.
0: I'll
1: be darn. It was going to be us and her and then like a bunch of older like legacy acts that I don't know. Huh. But that it was like going to be like seven or eight days. It would have been fun. I mean, if there wasn't a pandemic, it would have been fun. I'm, I'm glad we didn't do it with COVID oh hanging out.
0: Yeah, no kidding, right? You've been stuck on that boat. It'd be terrible. <clears throat> oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, so that that. That right there, I thought was kind of an interesting thing. Like the majority. So that's Danielle, Joe, Mitch. Well,
1: I uh, mean. You didn't mention, you didn't really mention um, you. I mean, you have a freaking, you, what is it, a gold record or a platinum record?
0: I have a platinum record. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, For, big, no big deal. Yeah. Just engineered on a Kenny Chesney record.
0: Yeah, working with Kenny Chesney. I got to work with a lot of really cool people. I've got credits on other albums, but I never really sought after the accreditation as far as getting the award from it yeah uh because not a lot of people know that when you are awarded something like a platinum record or multi-platinum record it is your obligation
1: (laughs) right right
0: to submit your information they're not gonna seek you out (laughs) no 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 They, they, they won't even really let you know that it happened yeah like i had to inquire about it and then i found out that it went uh a platinum yeah. um which i'm sure it has gone multi platinum since then because i asked like a month or two after the release right and so um when when i de- when i asked they're like yeah it, it 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 are you on here and i said yes and then you have to give the accreditation company uh your uh <clears throat> social security number so that they that way they can track it through the credits from the um uh, from the union or from uh, from the from the label because they take all that information whenever gotcha. you're on a master session like that with a large artist. Right, right. And then once they can verify that it was you and you're not faking it, <laughs> then they say, okay, we can do this. And then uh, depending on who you talk to, they'll give you a, a few different um, options as far as what you can purchase because that's what you have to do. You have to purchase yes, your course. award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, uh, seeing as it was my very first one, this uh, company that I uh, was introduced to through Mike Crumpet, which is uh, a fantastic guitar about player, him. yeah, yeah, and he's actually in England now. Um, but he hooked me up with the with the company out in LA that that did my record, and uh, I went ahead and opted for the most expensive uh, package possible, right? Yeah. And it's really cool looking, and here's a picture of it. Yeah, so it looks really, really nice, and uh, uh, the, the the company did, it, did a fantastic job, and um, that, that was $450 to buy that. Wow. Now, that includes shipping, but still, it's so. like, like, what if I had, you know, multi-platinums more because it's bigger? Right. Right. And they had to cut those records straight out of platinum, like solid platinum. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm sure... I'm sure... <laughs> I'm sure the spray can was at yeah. least you know eight seventy five. Yeah. Well the good news but, is if
1: something I ever happens, you can touch it up by just going to Home Depot.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just take it apart and you know, I've been wanting to kinda of take it apart because I want to see how it was put together, but that's just, you know, my nature.
1: You got a turntable, you can see if it'll play.
0: You know what? I've had so many people <laughs> ask me that if it'll play. And I have no idea. I'm going to assume it's absolute BS. I'm sure it's just for show. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure it's just a bunch of old uh records from the 70s that didn't sell <laughs> just slapping
1: things. a new label and painting it yeah
0: mm-hmm. this one they didn't even put a label on it they just put the, uh. <laughs> he put the chesney uh, uh um i can't remember the album but the, he put the the cd over the center wow so he it's it's not it's a nice thing yeah, i yeah. mean it's it's nicely done but he bought he bought, he bought a cd He took the cover art out, put it on one thing, and then put the label on the other side, and then put the CD right in the middle to cover the interesting (laughs) cover the label of the record.
1: Right, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, well,
1: that's still pretty cool, though. I mean, I don't know anyone else that has
0: that. Well, I don't. I don't think
1: I do. Anyway,
0: (laughs) you just played on, uh, or this has not been recent, recent, but recent enough. uh, You, um played on uh David's uh last uh one of his last uh, single releases really? his, his or, last
1: EP that he put out which i think is called what the boot heel EP i believe yeah i'm on one track i'm on a track called nobody knows
0: yeah so i mean so cool. if it sells a lot uh, yeah but
1: that's the thing we're talking this was like uh, yeah, just, <laughs> what 15 uh, years ago when records yeah. still went platinum
0: <laughs> right it's so it's so different now
1: I mean, whatever. That's, that's not. That's never been. You like might an get important a silver thing.
0: Spotify award. Cool. I'll be sure to throw
1: that in the garbage. <laughs> that's what I think of Spotify. I guess I shouldn't, because people probably might be listening to this on Spotify. But
0: they might be using Spotify as the cultivator of the podcast. Yeah. But I mean, we don't see any money from that, of course, yeah. and that's fine. That's completely fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was a very interesting uh, way that you. Compiled that song for David.
1: Yeah, he sent me sent me the song by Mumford and Sons called "Woman," and he was like, "Hey, I really like the the like the loop that's in this song, right?" Um, can you? Do you think you could do something closer? But he wanted it at a little, I think, slower tempo. Mm-hmm. I think. I forget if it's slower, or faster. I think it's slower. Uh, but he's like, "But you, can you kind of like approximate that?" Uh, Cause he he was like working on a song that he was writing, but he, he wanted like the loop as like a vehicle to kind of figure out what he, like how he wanted the song to go. And obviously this, the song he's writing is in a different key and totally a different, you know, kind of vibe than the song he sent me. So he has no way of like trying to figure out if it works basically.
0: So let's play just a little bit of that Mumford & Sons tune just to kind of give the oh, We'll have to pay for that. No, we won't have to pay for it. Not if we play a certain section in a certain length. Woman.
1: Cop? Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. But th- So that's basically, that's all he told me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, okay, sure. So I went out to the studio and I just, I approached it. As a programmer, but I didn't want to use. I wanted to use all real instruments, all real drums. I didn't just want to like sit in Logic or something and like And grab synths or yeah, and uh, create a loop with a bunch of fake sounds or one shots even. Well, yeah, because like honestly, you could argue that that's quicker or whatever. And and I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying that they that those sounds don't sound good, but like my well, approach has always been. I, because that's, I've done that
0: several times. It's quicker for me.
1: Yeah, sure,
0: but like, because I don't have a drum set and I don't yeah, have and you're access not, to that, and
1: you're not really a, a drummer. Correct. But so you, for you to like just look at a grid and be like, oh, this is the rhythm I want it to play. That's fine. You might not be able to like actually articulate that rhythm with True. your hands, but you could. Like, but
0: the common problem you have with people that do that, that are not drummers, they wind up playing stuff that's pretty unrealistic.
1: Yeah, which, and you can argue it's a loop, so how realistic does it have to be? Like, it's not it's not supposed to be like what a real drummer would play all the time. That's, but That's true. But, but my whole thing was, like, I think it's cooler if I can create this in a more organic way, and then I can use EQ or effects or whatever to to shape the sound so it sounds a little more loopy. Mm-hmm. I was going to say fake, but but a, a little more like uh, programmed, but it it wasn't. So what I did is I, I really tried to dissect all the different things, all the different parts I was hearing in this loop on the Mumford & Sons song. Mm-hmm. And then I just was like, okay, well, I'm going to start with the hi-hat first. So I just... You know, recorded the hi-hat, nothing else, just played the hi-hat. And I played it for, like, probably, like, 8 or 16 bars. Did the same, like, 2-bar pattern over and over and over again. Yeah. And I found... Well, let me think. I actually think I, I did it for, like, 16 bars. So then the next thing was I did, like, the kick drum part. So I just recorded kick drum. Same length, you know, along with the hi-hat. And then I, I did like, I layered a bunch of stuff for the backbeat. I think I'm trying to remember what all I did. I did like a cross stick where I'm playing stick on stick on a cross stick, which if you're not a drummer, a musician, you don't know what a cross stick is, but it doesn't matter. I, I, I did that. I think I put like a towel over the snare drum and played it with my finger and really gained up the snare microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was something else. I don't know. I did, like, three or four things for the backbeat. Did that, you know, and each time it was an individual pass, an individual take. So I just kept creating new tracks. Then I did, like, Shaker. And then there was, like, kind of like a rim, like a rim part that kind of mimicked the hi-hat for, like, part of that pattern.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And then I did hand claps. And I did, like, you know, four or five or maybe even, like, six takes of hand claps. So they kind of sound really thick. Because, you know, it's one thing you could just do like one pass of hand claps and then yes. just copy and paste it. Right. But you, but it's not the same because then they're right. all happening at the same time. And I wanted just that little bit of like flammy thickness in a hand clap to make it sound a little right. bigger.
0: So it sounds right. like
1: a group of people clapping.
0: Right. It's super important that that's how you do it when you actually layer things. Is right. you just You reproduce what you're doing multiple times. Yeah. Also, I found what helps as an engineer from that perspective is not only having it being uh, done over and over and over the same way. I always tell everybody, I say, do it, do it exactly the same, because the thing is you can't, right? Right. No matter how hard you try to land on one, you're going to be just enough off where you wind up getting like that flam or with a vocal, you wind up getting a, a bit of, waviness, right, which is creating that chorus effect. But then, like if I were to say something in this microphone or sing something into this microphone, I would do it two times where I'm at, and I would try to do it exactly the same way, and then I would split those hard left, hard right, right, and then I would move off axis, and I would do it exactly the same again, and two times, and then I'd split those left, right, and then I'd move again, maybe further back, because... Just moving yeah. two feet will change how fast that sound wave has to travel to get to the element of the microphone, which will also change the timing.
1: Right. And actually, you just made me think of something, because I think when I did the hand claps, I I took one of my room mics mm-hmm. and I was on it, like, you know, maybe a foot away from it. But I'm pretty sure I took my other room mic and left it in the position that it's normally in when I'm tracking drums and gained it way up. Mm -hmm. Because the delay in the time that the sound takes to get to there was also creating a thickening effect then. Right. Uh, So anyway, I did all that. And then I listened over and over and over again to the 16 bars and tried to find like the two tightest bars which I guess in reality doesn't matter because what I'm going to say next like I found the two bars that I felt felt the best yeah but then so I then I chopped it so I just had those two bars of everything but then I ended up quantizing it which quantizing just means you like are making it perfect on the grid right um because I felt well it's a loop like it it needs to be like that
0: it needs to sound sort of machiney. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because because I I felt like there's still going to be enough inflection in how I played things for sure. That it's still gonna it's still not gonna feel like I just sat there and programmed it. Well, I mean, you said you've got two bars. Yeah. So I quantized those two bars, and then mm-hmm. the the best part about this was I hadn't heard the song. All I knew is that he wanted a loop kind of like that Mumford and son song at a s- specific tempo
0: yeah but
1: I had no idea I hadn't even heard two chords I had no idea what the song was so I kind of like assembled the loop in a way of like what I thought like a like a three minute song would be so I was like okay well here's like you know eight bars for an intro and then maybe the verse is sixteen bars and then there's like <laughs> A four-bar, you know. How,
0: how many songs have you written?
1: How many songs have I written, like by myself?
0: Yeah, yeah. like lyrically and whatnot. Oh,
1: none. I mean, I've ri- <laughs> I've written so, songs with Spider Wolf, but like that's like a group effort, you know. Sure, but, sure. But I, but that's the interesting. But thing I've about listened this. to a lot of songs. You know, I mean, you, yeah, y- right. Every y- y- at a certain point, you're like, okay, but, most most pop songs have a format.
0: But the interesting thing about, like, how you did this and, and what you wound up doing and sending to David was, was like, was really interesting. Because I've been in a, in a lot of different situations with a lot of different ways songs are built. Sure. Right? Uh, I've been in situations where – now, these are the most common is you have somebody that's kind of just half ass strumming a guitar <laughs> and kind of coming up with lyrics. Right. Right. And then they'll just replay that four bars over over and over and over over until the next lyric arises. Right. Right. And it pushes them further and down, further down the road. But as far as like how a verse is planned or whether or not there's a channel or whether or not there's a chorus that's a particular length and where that hook might lay. Right. uh, All that's, Completely undetermined. Then there's the other way, which is uh, you sit down and you're either playing piano or guitar and you're just humming a melody and you're kind of building a melody along the structure. You kind of write the
1: form of the song and figure out the lyrics later.
0: You fit the lyrics. fit them in. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a very odd way of doing it, but... I have found that you wind up with what I think are some more interesting uh, rhythmic <laughs> patterns and melodies in in that way. Right, right. Um, but then the way you did it, which when you were telling me this story from the beginning, I thought you were going to say this. <laughs> yeah, he wanted me to build a sloop that sounded like this, because I've gotten that a lot. Yeah. And I built these parts and I sent them to him. And then the producer or engineer, whatever constructed it, but that is not what happened.
1: Well, so no, that's Uh, not, that's not what happened. But my intention, because the other thing he had said to me was like, he wanted, he was still trying to figure. Like, I think he had most of the song written, but he was like, just trying to figure out the overall structure. So I was trying to give him something that he could just play in like iTunes or on his phone, to where he didn't have to like put it in GarageBand or Logic and loop it. Like it would right. just play for three minutes, and he could kind of figure it out. I I had no idea what it sounded like, so I just I was like, okay, well maybe this, the intro is this long, the verse is this long, maybe there's like a lift, and then the chorus is like this, and maybe it's just like I kind of based it on. What happened in that Mumford and Son song? Like, I think in the course of that song, like the first half of the course, it drops down to just like just hand claps and kick drum or something.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: Right. And then and then like the whole loop comes in again. So I assembled like the form of like a three minute song or or whatever. And just what I thought it might be, because I figured, okay, well, that'll at least get him close enough when he's writing it. And then when we go to Reed's or I didn't know if we were going to Reed's or Jason's or whatever to actually cut it or when he goes, then they can chop it up and arrange mm. it how they want.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and the one little bonus thing I did at the end was. I played like kind of like a live drum part over the loop to, right. to augment what was happening, and I just told him. That was kind of like a bonus thing I did because I just said, hey, man, I don't know what your intention is, whether you want this song to kind of stay mellow the whole time or if you really if you kind of want it to get a little bigger or I think I probably used the word like epic or something. Yeah. At the end, like on the last chorus or on the outro or something, I didn't know if you wanted it to build or if you wanted to keep it chill. But, you know, it took me all of 10 minutes to to add that part on. And I was like, and then you have it if you want to use it. And if you don't want to use it, you don't have to come to find out, you know, he, I think he went to Reeds and they worked on it and then he sent me like a rough and he was like, dude, it sounds so good. And I don't hmm. think he, I don't think they edited. I could be wrong, but they might've moved a one or two things. I Cause I don't remember sure. what I sent him exactly, mm-hmm. but I think for the most part he ended up, writing the form of the song over the, the form of what I sent him.
0: Uh, so bizarre because I think I'm, he,
1: he just said that while he was like working on stuff, he got used to how those sections flowed. Right. And so he was like, that's just ended, ended up like how I wrote it. And I was that's like, so Oh, that. that's cool, man. But I'm really, <clears throat> I'm really proud of that for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I've played on a couple of his other releases, but it's always been like, kind of like an acoustic setup. We do a lot of like acoustic gigs. So I'll play like mm-hmm. a cajon and the snare drum of the towel and the shaker and stuff. Right. And, and th- that's fun. I love doing those gigs and, and it's, you know, anytime you get to be on a record, especially with someone that you tour with, cause that's rare in Nashville. It's rare really anywhere.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Like it's super cool. Um, and like I said, I've done that a couple of times, but this is the first thing I've done where I actually got to play like full drums on it. Um, I see. So I was super excited about that. And I was super excited because it's, I, I could be wrong about this. I can't remember if the Christmas record that Reed and corn and I did our jazz record, those may have been recorded after this, Mm -hmm. but either way, it's one of one of the two last things I did at my old studio at our old house. So it's, Uh, it's cool that like it was recorded at my place. Yeah. You know, like I, I I, I just think that's, that's pretty cool. You know, and maybe someday we should, if I can find all those pictures, we should do a podcast about building a studio.
0: I've, yeah. And I've got, I've got uh, a lot of the pictures still. I
1: have them somewhere. I don't, they're on a hard drive somewhere
0: yeah so the the, the the studio you're talking about is the one that we basically built out of a yes. uh, single car garage
1: yeah well it was like a car and a half but yeah yeah a one yeah. garage door
0: one garage yeah. door and uh we wound up taking that out and yeah. making. well save it wall.
1: save it we'll make that we'll make that another podcast but, yeah yeah but yeah that was my old two that was barnstar studio and uh It was just, cool. I mean, I've recorded a bunch for people there over the years, but that was like the first, I mean, that's the first thing really that's been like released by the guy I play with in like, uh, it's like, quote unquote, like a major artist. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I guess I did some stuff for Timmy there too. No disrespect to Timmy. No, but sorry. That makes it sound like his stuff doesn't count. It totally counts. But you know what I mean? It was just like a really special Mm -hmm.
0: thing. Sure.
1: It's always a special thing when your artist, the artist that you tour with says, hey, I want you to play on on a record of mine,
0: because a lot of times
1: they just go into the studio and they get the same guys Mm they have always got because that's who the producer gets. And that's fine. Not hating on that process at all.
0: No, it's Uh, quick.
1: It's quick. It's efficient. They know what they're getting. That's why those guys get those calls. Cause they're yeah. good at that, yep. But I don't. It was just a, a really fun thing. I'm super proud of it. If you guys want to check it out, it's on. I'm sure it's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. Yeah, we'll drop Apple something
0: Music. in the description.
1: I think it's. I think well, I said it already, but I think it's called the Boot Heel EP. It's real good. Reads on it too, a bunch. Sounding great as always. Yeah. So
0: that, that dude's that dude's phenomenal.
1: Yeah, probably my favorite piano player of all time okay. that I've
0: played with. Yeah, I've used read on a few things, and he's always that's turn right. things around yeah. pretty quick. And uh, everything he sends back, I, I don't think I've ever had him do uh, another take on something just for, yeah. just for you know an option, right? Because usually everything he sent me was pretty spot on. I mean, it, there was not really anything to complain about. Yeah,
1: he's also a huge uh, Bruce Hornsby fan, so that's
0: why I like him. He's so he's so good, and he's really good at like backup like his backup harmony is really really oh yeah his background vocals are oh it's really good but uh yeah cool well you know what (laughs) we have run out of time
1: yeah we we talked about nothing and everything which is exactly what a phone call with us sounds like so
0: this is kind of how it goes except it goes maybe uh, another 30 to 40 minutes longer right (laughs) or an hour or another hour longer yeah but uh yeah, cool. If you guys like uh the the, the rambling thoughts of two madmen, um then <laughs> definitely subscribe and if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Yes, please uh, subscribe,
1: rate, review.
0: Yeah. Tell review. us tell
1: us what you want to hear, what we can do better.
0: The good, the bad, the ugly, what, yeah. whatever. Uh, we're we're willing to listen to any and all of it. Um, we're just glad that somebody might be getting some, you know, entertainment out of this, or maybe even, even, maybe even <laughs> learning something. Hey, you got to listen uh, to something
1: while you walk your dog, or while you're stuck in traffic. It might as well be us.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty thoughtless, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's thoughtless. <laughs> <laughs> My dog is uh
1: still sleeping nice my dog's probably barking at somebody
0: yeah what do you, i should probably has. take her i should probably take her out to pee <sighs> i can't <laughs> i'm trying to set you up oh, I, know. Man.
1: <laughs> I know you are but the wink through me off man just don't. But the last one was about peeing, so just say. Uh, oh yeah, she's yeah, still yeah, Sleeping or something.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, my dog. Uh, my dog's still laying over there, curled up in my uh, in my jacket. Good share. Thanks for listening to the Good Share Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or just enjoyed the podcast in general, give us uh, five stars or thumbs up or whatever it is that you can do through the apparatus that you're using. If you happen to be watching us on YouTube, be sure to smash that like button, subscribe, and ring that bell. Uh, You can also find more content and more about the podcast at www.goodsharepodcast.com.